Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Non-essential businesses in New Zealand must now close. All bars, restaurants, cafes, cinemas, pools, museums, libraries, playgrounds, any other place where the public congregate must close their face-to-face function. All indoor and outdoor events cannot proceed. In short, We are all now preparing as a nation to go into self-isolation. These decisions will place the most significant restrictions on New Zealanders' movements in modern history. Tēnā koutou katoa, ko Imogene Takawengwa. I'm Dr Imogene Kelly, an audiovisual historian with Manatū Taonga, the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. And this is Kato Tuitamiru, Inside the Bubble. As lockdown loomed and you gathered your whanau, your supplies, your nerves, we corralled a team of oral historians, grappled with technology and digitally found our way into 25 unique New Zealand bubbles to capture your Aotearoa as you made history. It was a journey all five million of us made collectively as we prepared. And so my sister went crazy and bought so much cans. She became the panic shopper and I became the wingman to the panic shopper. We cared. I'm working part-time nursing. The first two weeks Mm. was very scary because we didn't know what was going to happen within the hospital. And we moved. Particularly... Going on lots of government-mandated walks outside. And... I see a lot of older people, people who look to be in their 70s and 80s, who I don't think you would normally see out on bikes. And we learned... Uh, I tried to learn guitar. I learned three songs during the quarantine. And we have four guitars in the hostel, so that was a perfect opportunity. We kept the homeschool thing happening. We made marshmallow putty and we did painting and uh, we exploded volcanoes. And even though we couldn't be together, we connected. I'm encouraged by the goodness of humans. I think there are the silver linings of connection and us seeing the best that we can be and caring for ourselves and our neighbours. And now we remember In this episode, we'll look back at how we learned. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Washing our hands. Happy birthday, dear Emma. Happy birthday to you. 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 Happ
Well, he should have really had that nailed by now, but before the COVID-19 lockdown, a cursory swish under the tap would do for most of us, even though we knew it wasn't really up to standard. We know that washing our hands often and thoroughly is one of the best ways to prevent the spread of coronavirus. But what's the science behind this? Well, soap is made Science out communicator Dr Michelle Dickinson, a.k.a. NanoGirl, made this video to educate us about the science behind that so often misstep. The other so, end hates water but loves oil. We call this hydrophobic. So... There was even some unexpected official merchandise to remind us of how important it all was. Let the soothing image of our man of the moment, Dr Ashley Bloomfield, guide you through safe hand washing and drying practice with this embroidery on 100% cotton premium grade hand towel. Rubbing our pristine palms on the embroidered face of our most senior public health official was... Surely, to overuse our most overused word of lockdown, unprecedented. But if only all we had to do to succeed in our new bubble-encased lives was learn to wash our hands properly. Remember this? So you have no. Sorry, you go. No, you go. Or maybe something like this. What was kind of happening there? Oh, can you hear me? Did it... <laughs> uh, the baby just muted me. Um, <laughs> she's playing with the cable. Um, Unless you're a public servant like me, or someone who has a fancy job that requires a lot of conference calling, the words Zoom, Hangout and Teams probably had quite a different meaning to you before March the 25th, 2020. But oh my, did we learn... Pretty soon those video calls the Jetsons had promised us would be part of our daily lives by now became our school, our workplace and our social life. The technology had been around for a while. It was just we'd never really been forced to use it before. I was kind of okay with the tech side of things, but I remember seriously overthinking trying to get my apartment background looking vaguely professional for my work meetings It was nearly like I was dressing a set for a play. Why did I care? I don't know. Backgrounds did prove a useful icebreaker when we were all still feeling pretty weirded out about the whole thing. In fact, it was great when I was talking to a professor I'd never met before and he saw my husband's collection of guitars hanging up behind me. We laughed about the deal we have that he can't buy a new instrument unless he sells an old one a survival tactic we have for living in a small apartment like ours. It also took me a while to figure out it was fine for me not to use the video if I was just feeling a bit exhausted by it all. Zoom fatigue was real for me quite quickly, I think, because it feels intimate to have strangers talking to you and seeing inside your home. For Zamara Warukilan, who spoke to us via Zoom from her home in the Waikato, The learning was a little more sophisticated than just hand-washing and figuring out how to unmute herself on a video call. Well, I am currently a PhD student. I just got accepted in the first week of lockdown. So um, in all the craziness, I got some positive news and that was really hopeful because during it we didn't actually know when it was going to end or if it was going to end. So it was something to keep me occupied. And um, so I've started my research. My subject area is to do with 
uh, Māori women, uh, my focus group, but I want to talk about healing and holistic well-being through the arts um, because it's a powerful tool for... But she didn't totally escape having to get to grips with those dreaded conference calls. So before lockdown, uh, I was invited to speak at the New Zealand Musical Theatre Conference in Napier. It would have been my first conference presentation, so it was really huge for me. I put a lot of effort into planning for that and writing the material and practising at the presentation, but the first weekend of lockdown coincided with when that would have been so. Um, It was cancelled and we were all asked to do our presentations via video. And so I used that as an opportunity to to really make it the best I could make it. And I edited it and I put some music on it that my nephew made. So I got to show off some of my family's talents as well. So it took me about a month to put that together. And I posted it on social media If nobody saw it, it would have been a waste of time. So I shared it and I got a huge response. What was at first a huge disappointment gave her a new set of skills and a way to share her research with a wider audience. And because of that response, I've decided to create a series. It's called Healing Through Art. And I will be talking about mental mental health and wellness and the arts as Mm. a tool for healing which is in line with my PhD thesis yes. as well. Samara wasn't just learning, though. She was also teaching her children, Cody and Tatakura. So my children also uh, have disabilities. They are both on the ASD spectrum. They've been diagnosed by professionals. My son gets an ESW, a support worker, every day at school, so he has his own teacher. And uh, my daughter, she goes to a special school once a week. And they have all the specialists there to help us with whatever we need, as well as a cute little library full of information. They connect us to all the extra assistance that we are entitled to, to give them their best lives. But of course, with school closed, that support was all gone. In Samara's bubble of six were her own two children, her niece Mila, and her parents. As an extra precaution, she took her kids out of school early a couple of weeks before lockdown. So for her, homeschooling was a really long haul. 11 weeks of being locked inside, but we're lucky because we live in rural Waikato, so we can run around outside. So that's been really nice having space because I know a lot of families don't have space. They're locked in apartments and flats. That's enough to cause some social issues, I'm sure. Being thrust into homeschooling was pretty daunting, But like thousands of parents, Samara, she just made it work. They seemed to flourish. They really enjoyed their own space and getting to decide what they were going to do with their day. Cody's room is his safe haven. He gets to control everything and decide what's happening. He started calling his toys his friends. Um, I'm lucky to have two children because they weren't alone. They they still got to socialise between each other. Their relationship developed. Beautifully, they still argue like typical siblings, but it's been really beautiful watching them bond and watching them really appreciate each other. And uh, the first month we had my niece, Mila, because her parents 
had been on holiday in Hawaii, but also after that, when they got home, they had to be on isolation for two weeks. So she was missing her parents so much. She was absolutely um, beside herself that she had to wait, but um, we kept her busy. I did every day. I made sure that she was doing some kind of learning. So we kept the homeschool thing happening. We did fun activities. We made marshmallow putty and we did painting and uh, we exploded volcanoes. And Samara is also a harakiki weaver. So she took the opportunity to pass on some of her skills. I did do a little bit of something with Mila, my niece. We did some harvesting and we made some flowers for her homeschooling. And she really loved that. She's a kura girl, so she's getting into all that good Māori cultural practice. Mila's homeschooling also involved building a new chicken pen. Yes, and she got to hold chickens, the new baby chickens, um, running around outside in the backyard. Um, we built forts. The kids loved the tents. Um, her... Mila and Tiatsukura, they did lots of play, like acting like doctors and like natural, normal kid stuff. Um, we got to be a family without any pressure of having a routine or anything. And that was really good for the kids. They loved yeah. just being and without any stress. Um, so it was really nice. It was like a holiday. And as many parents can attest, homeschooling didn't always have that holiday vibe there were moments when I just wanted to be alone and I couldn't <laughs> um, and that was hard but um I think at first it was the first week was really hard because I had three children there was no escape <laughs> <laughs> it was and you know I had some moments when I just locked myself in the shower and cried as a means of relief I just keep reminding myself that there's so many other parents out there going through the same thing mm -hmm. and that we are actually really blessed to, to have everything. I'm Dr. Emma Jean Kelly, and you're listening to Keiro Tui Tamiru, Inside the Bubble, a collection of oral histories recorded during the 2020 nationwide COVID-19 lockdown. Much of the learning and teaching we had to do was thrust upon us and just what we had to do to keep work or school going. But some of it was a bit of a luxury, made possible by the unexpected windfall of time. The time we were gifted in lockdown by ditching our commutes, halting our social lives, and frankly not having to get dressed up or deal with our basic hygiene routine before work, meant we could lift some projects off the back burner or finally attempt mastering that new skill we'd been saying we'd get round to for ages. In March 2020, Sebastian Nobile had just finished three months backpacking around New Zealand. he decided to settle in Wellington for a bit, get a job and get some cash together before he set off on the next leg of his trip. Uh, I just, in that time I had a job, I was working in a restaurant. And then? Uh, yes, they closed... <laughs> No income, no backpacking adventures, and no way home. So what now then? From the unexpected confines of a New Zealand hostel, the stranded backpacker from Uruguay picked up a guitar and picked up a new skill as well. 
uh, and I tried to learn guitar. I learned three songs during the quarantine. He'd never tried before, so he was basically learning from scratch. And in the absence of lessons, or a proper teacher, he turned to... YouTube. And he didn't do too badly either. I think I can learn the whole song in between one and three days. And then I have to practice to get faster and like to, uh, to perform better. Learning the guitar was something he'd always wanted to do, but life usually got in the way. So he spent his days in the hostel common room figuring it out. And we have four guitars in the hostel, so that was lockdown, four guitars was the perfect opportunity. Like Samara, Sebastian also found himself filling the role of both student and teacher. He was one of 200,000 visitors stuck in New Zealand when lockdown began and the borders closed. It must have been so strange being confined to a hostel, with so little privacy and hardly any of your own home comforts or possessions to keep you occupied. I remember my own desire to keep learning and occupied, which resulted in a weird little sewing project. We had a bunch of stuffed toy animals my husband Jay had brought home from the kindy he was working at. They were being thrown out, so we washed them, and then I started to pull them apart and sew them together in all sorts of crazy ways. We had an elephant with no ears after I cut them off and put them on a teddy bear, which also ended up with a unicorn horn. It was a good talking point for family Zoom calls, and I found it therapeutic somehow. Some of the 50 or so others at Sebastian's hostel were also looking for something to take their minds off lockdown. Sebastian says a lot of them were feeling quite down and worried about their families back home. He's a native speaker of Spanish, and lots of the other backpackers were asking him to give them some lessons. So he thought, "Mm, why not? He found playing teacher all a bit much, though. I was so nervous, I was sweating and shaking the whole class. Yes, I don't know if I'm I'm made for being a teacher. So he won't be planning a future in education? I I don't want to. I I need too much time for preparing the class. And yes, I didn't have a good experience as a teacher. I was so nervous and was so afraid of failing or making pauses pauses too long Mm. or something. So yes, I was scared. Despite his worries, word at the hostel was that his classes were actually quite good. From homeschooling to sourdough making and promising ourselves we'd master a new skill while we waited out the lockdown, we learned a lot. But something I have heard so many people say over and over is what they learned about this. You know what? This lockdown has actually taught me a lot about being frugal with your funds. Albert Trail watched his hours as an airline steward dwindle during lockdown and he was forced to keep a close eye on the family finances. So yes, we have reduced pay from reduced hours and so forth, and now we're receiving the um, wage subsidy uh, provided by the government. But guess what? When your car is parked at home 24 hours pretty much every day, and you go to the supermarket only once a week, your fuels, I only filled during the first week of lockdown, and I never filled it for the next two and a half weeks. And the only time we spent money was going to the supermarket to top up on little things, which was probably only about $100 to 150 
uh, max because we had a full stockpile at home already prior to the lockdown. Taking a bit of a step back, he learned something about the family spending habits and it gave him more confidence to face an uncertain future. We've managed to get by fine and I'm thinking, you know what, this whole stay home and lockdown has been a wake-up call for us to highlight how much money we were wasting and just throwing away prior to lockdown by going to unnecessary places and just spending recklessly on fast food at the malls. So you have everything you need at home. What on earth do we need to accumulate more of? You know, in this day and age of get, 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 um, I think this has been such a huge wake-up call and a teaching experience for everybody in dealing with um, finances, to manage them and to make do with what little you have. It really was awful seeing businesses suffering. But like Albert, I really enjoyed not being tempted to spend my money on stuff I don't really need. Hey, remember West Auckland librarian Angelique Tuapata from episode one? My sister went crazy and bought so much cash. Her sister was a bit of a panic shopper. Remember, she was the self-described wingman to the panic shopper. She got a bit of a kick out of saving too. I think we can take a lot of lessons from the way we live our lives, like our lifestyle changes. Um, A lot of people are baking at home now, cooking at home, saving your money. Like I've got to say, this pandemic was a blessing for my bills because my money wasn't going anywhere besides paying my bills. I didn't online shop because I refused to... Hang on a minute. Oh, I did once. Well, that was just to buy hoodies. But um, besides the point, like that... I like saving money like for me like that was such a really good lesson for me because I'm a big spender like I will spend 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 um on things because I can like I don't have to look after you know besides my my sister and my dad but uh, yeah saving money um being more financially responsible um being responsible in the home like learning life skills in the home that you wouldn't necessarily learn um, how to keep a home, how to clean a home. Um, Even just self-reflection time as well, being able to implement that into your everyday um, is really important um, and something that I kind of encourage a lot of people to do. But no, the financial thing was was a biggie for me because I don't know how I saved so much money during that time. Um, But yeah, it was really enjoyable being able to kind of um, reset, reset your life during this time. I'm Dr Emma Jean Kelly and that was We Learned, our third episode for Kairotui Tamiru, Inside the Bubble. The series was written and executive produced by Teresa Cowie. Sound was designed and woven by Anaru Dalziel. Our production coordinator was Georgie Keyes, and the music was by Stephen Payton. The lockdown oral histories you heard in this episode were recorded by Jackie Keelan, Pia Maria Khan, and Tuaratini. Our thanks to the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, Auckland Libraries, especially Sue Berman, RNZ, Nanogirl Labs, and Jay Hollows for additional audio, and of course to those who shared their bubble with us. Zamara Waru-Keelan, Sebastian Nobile, Albert Trail and Angelique Tuapata. Nga mahi noe kia koutou. If you want to listen to their full interviews, 
head to the Auckland Library's website and search for Inside the Bubble. In the next episode, we'll look back at how we moved. We've kind of developed a rule where we're not allowed to enter the practice until we've done a, a nice dance outside the practice door, because uh, it's all glass there. Because um, we can hear the waiting mu room music from outside and, and it's just kind of a little thing to pick you up and, and make each other smile. Join me again to remember how we kept ourselves moving when we had to stay put. Matawa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.